Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Kicks and Dribbles. I'm Dan McClay with a look at world soccer from the past week or world football, depending on which country you're in. Good to have you along. We've got a lot to talk about, so let's get right into it. First of all, Tigres of Monterrey, Mexico. My goodness, what this team has been doing. They're in the World Cup of Clubs. Yes, the World Cup of Club Soccer, which is currently being played in Qatar, the country that will host the World Cup next year. Now, in this World Cup, you've only got like four or five teams, and so uh, it's a limited field, and it's only over in about a week. But Tigres of Monterrey, the other day, knocked off, are you ready for this? They knocked off Palmyras of Sao Paulo, Brazil. Now, let, let, let's look at this a little bit. Palmyras is one of the top teams in South America, okay? They went to the finals of Copa Libertadores against Santos. Yes, that's right, Santos. You know that name. Of course you do if you follow world football. That's the team Pele played for, okay? So Palmyras knocks off Santos to win the Copa Libertadores down there in South America. Then they fly over to Qatar to play in the World Cup of club football. Well, they go up against Santos, or rather, they go up against Tigres of Monterrey, coached by, yeah, you know who, Ferretti. Ricardo, he, this guy is amazing. He has taken this team and just lifted them on his shoulders and is showing you what a coach can do with a team once he gets them to believe in, their, in his philosophy. And he has got this Tigres team playing above their level. It's just amazing to watch. They uh, got a goal in the 54th minute from uh, their uh, Frenchman up front, Andre Pierre Gignac, who just has been an amazing uh, addition to this team for the past five years. Uh, he has just just played uh, lights out for this team and has led them uh, to just, you know, constant good seasons over and over again. It's so fun to watch him. And then after he got that penalty kick in the goal, uh, Ferretti said, all right, we're going to seal down the middle. And boy, once he sealed down that middle, Paul Myers didn't have a clue, didn't have a chance to get that ball through there. Uh, Tigres just shut down that middle. And this is what you do. When you want to choke down a team that's got a great offense, and Pal Myers has got some guys that can light it up, trust me, uh, you shut down that middle. You clog that middle so that the ball cannot get through there. A couple of times, Pal Myers came within about a dribble of getting that ball through there toward the goal. But the uh, Tigres defense stood strong, and they won the game one to nothing. So they're now going to the finals of the uh, World Cup of Club Soccer. Uh, this will, It'll be this Thursday now. <laughs> they they probably might get, are you ready for this? They probably might get Bayern Munich out of Europe. Holy smokes. I mean, talk about going up against the best of the best. So if Tigres gets Bayern Munich, it's going to be an interesting match to say the least. You've got Ferretti, who's going to have to coach the game of his life uh, against uh, a team that has just got uh, weapons all over the place. So, uh, we'll uh, give you the uh, details on the TV and everything here later on. But uh, it looks like at this point, Tigres may be playing Bayern Munich for the World Cup of Club Football Championship. Wow. Being held in Doha, Qatar. And, of course, you'll be hearing a lot more about Doha, Qatar next year as the World Cup uh, will take center stage. All right, moving on to other stuff. You know, we've been talking about the last, oh, three or four weeks here on Kicks and Dribbles about the weird stuff that's going on with club football in and around Europe. Some more examples, okay? Arsenal goes up against Aston Villa this past Saturday. They lose one to nothing. How does Arsenal lose to Aston Villa one nothing? I know Aston Villa is a well-coached team, but come on. Miguel Arteta's got several guys on that Arsenal team that can score, and they lose one nothing. Hmm. How about Man U hosting Everton at Old Trafford? Now, of course, Everton's got 
Carlo Ancelotti. And I told you when he got hired that Everton would be up in the top five, top 10 of the EPL, and that's where they are right now, holding steady. So what does Ancelotti do? He takes a team that's been, um, you know, back and forth, up and down a little bit here in the past couple of weeks, takes them into Old Trafford, and they get into a shootout. Yeah, during the game. No, not, not at the end of the game, but during the game, they get into a shootout. <laughs> the final score is three to three. Man U holds on for dear life. I mean, here's, you know, Everton the, down in the middle of the table. Man U's fighting uh, Man City for the top. And uh, Everton goes in there, steals a point. Three to three, the final score. Boy, that was not a dull game, to say the least. Okay, how about on Sunday? Man City goes over to Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp. Now, you know, Liverpool's had their problems here in the last couple of weeks, but you know, Klopp's going to have this team ready for a team like Man City. And Pep Guardiola, they're going to have, he's going to have that team flying high because right now they're in first place in the EPL. What happens? Man City four, Liverpool one. Now, you know, I'd expect maybe a one nothing, one one game, but four to one? Mm, okay, something to think about. And then how about up in Scotland? Yeah, I told you about uh, the Rangers team there in Glasgow. They are just running laps around the SPL right now. And they go into Hamilton. Hamilton, which is in the middle of the table, scores 1-1 at the end of the 90 minutes. What? Hamilton, Hamilton people were dancing in the streets. They thought they'd won the championship. Just, you know, a, a really a, a, an idea of what's been going on uh, this past few weeks. It's been a weird, weird season so far. And oh, and one other, I, I couldn't leave this one out. Dortmund goes into Freiburg. Now, Freiburg's been playing some pretty good football here in the Bundesliga, okay? And of course, Dortmund's got Arling Holland and they got Gio Reyna. Well, Freiburg wins two to one. What, what, what happened to this offense, Dortmund? What happened, okay? The guy who got the goal for Dortmund, and we told you about this kid a couple of weeks ago here on Kicks and Dribbles. We told you about him. Uh, I remember specifically telling you about the, you know, keep your eyes open for this kid. Makoko, 16 years old, goes on the pitch. Gets a goal for Dortmund. At least the Dortmund avoided the shutout, but they didn't get the three points or the one point. But uh, my goodness, some strange things going on. Well, anyway, uh, that's just a kind of an idea of what's been what's been going on in the European football in the past couple of weeks. We'll bring you up to date on some other things going on later on. Okay, let's talk about the uh, African Nation Championship. I told you about this—the first tournament to be played in Africa since the pandemic hit. Uh, it was a great thing. Uh, we had four groups of four teams, sixteen teams playing. Uh, in the end, we had a, a final in Yaoundé there in Cameroon uh, to figure out the the, uh, the championship of the uh, of this uh, tournament. Uh, they were allowing 50% capacity in Yaoundé Stadium there, which I think is really, really great. And they were uh, apparently adhering pretty strictly to uh, COVID regulations and protocol and all that bit. Uh, the final pitted Morocco against Mali. Now, I know a lot of you are scratching your head saying, oh, wait a minute. Mali in the, in the final of a tournament? Yeah, let me tell you what. Uh, don't ever count Mali out of a tournament. Uh, this is a very talented team. Uh, they've got a great coach, Mohamed uh, Bogasuba. He is uh, well-known, and he is a, uh, he's very smart. Um, he had a, had a good team out there. And uh, Morocco, though, is being coached by Vahid Halidojic. Now, he's that uh, Bosnian guy that was around uh, European football for years, back in the 80s and 90s. And Vahid is a pretty smart dude. And uh, he's got this Morocco team playing real smart. The Atlas Lions are looking real good. Uh, if he can keep that enthusiasm and chemistry going for next year, Morocco should be in Qatar once again, uh, to hopefully to, uh, to maybe, you know, get into a little bit further during the World Cup. So the Atlas Lions of Morocco possibly making a comeback under Vahid Halidosic, which would be a you know, welcome sight to see because, uh, you know, Morocco is a team that you always kind of anticipate being there, Okay. 
Uh, Morocco wins 2-0. They're repeat champions of this uh, tournament. And so congratulations to them. Um, I, I, I look for uh, Morocco to be in the World Cup uh, somewhere uh, next year as they uh, line up in Qatar. Okay, uh, just a few notes here from around Europe as far as uh, games are concerned. February 16th, uh, that game between Leipzig and Liverpool, which would be a Champions League uh, round 16 game. Now, they're going to move that to Budapest. They're going to move that to Budapest, Hungary. Uh, thank you very much to the Budapest Football Federation for stepping up and taking care of this situation because, uh, you know, Germany had to crack down on people coming into the country uh, because of COVID uh, elevated numbers. And so uh, the Budapest Football Federation, or actually the Hungarian Football Federation, stepped forward and said, hey, you can use our stadium uh, here in Budapest and uh, for the game. Now, that's a, that's a blessing. That's a great relief. And the game will go on as scheduled. Uh, the, 20, the February 24th match uh, between Borussia Mönchengladbach and Man City may also end up in Budapest, but there's also talks going on with the Danish Football Federation to use the uh, FC Midtjyllands uh, Stadium in Henning, or rather, excuse me, Herning, Denmark. So uh, we'll see where that game ends up, but at least they've got two venues that possibly uh, could uh, come into bear. So uh, really uh, good news there that people are stepping up and helping um, get these games played to figure out, you know, who can play and get things back to some sort of a normal schedule. Um, good news to hear. Very good. All right. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt, they're in the Bundesliga, have secured some great balls moving help in the midfield. Trust me. They've got this 18-year-old kid by the name of Ali Achman. Now, I know a lot of you have not heard of this kid. Uh, I have not seen him play, but I am hearing all kinds of things about this kid. Uh, he's 18 years old, as I said. He's playing currently for Bursaspor there in Turkey. Bursaspor is a team that has bounced between the first and second division and um, is, is well known. Uh, but this kid apparently has taken Bursaspor and just actually put him on his shoulder and has you know played for them hard. Uh, so Eintracht Frankfurt's going to get him. It's a four-year deal, free transfer. Uh, boy, the, the money's right, right? Uh, Frankfurt have already got, of course, Andre Silva and Luka Jovic. Uh, playing there up front, and uh, they have been on a tear. Uh, of course, I told you before that uh, Eintracht Frankfurt coached by Adi Hooter. Uh, Adi Hooter is a well-known technician in uh, European football, and as I said, his team has been on a major tear. Last eight games, they've won six and have scored, are you ready for this, 22 goals. Yeah, that's right, 22. That's not too shabby. And you get a kid like uh, Achman in there, and uh, see what happens. It, it, it all should work out. But, you know, again, when, when you're on a team and you bring in somebody new and you've got some established scoring up front and then you bring in another type of wheel to go on the vehicle, let's say, uh, it's all going to be about chemistry, okay? It's going to take a few weeks to kind of get the bugs ironed out. It's like, for example, when you buy a new car and you're sitting there behind the steering wheel and you start driving down the street and, you wonder, and, and then a, a, you hear a tone. And you're like, well, what's that mean? So you start figuring out, and then you pull over, maybe you pull out the book and start looking at it, okay. And then you figure out, little by little, you figure out how this car runs and what it's going to do for you. Well, same thing with a, with a football team, okay? You've got two guys up front who are you know, good scorers, and then you bring in a third one who is a great talent on the rise. But where does he fit in with the other two? Well, then that's where the chemistry comes in. So you got to, for the first couple of games, okay, you know, there may be some missed passes here and there. But if you see the creativity start going, that's when you know you've got something good, okay? And that's what I'm looking for with Eintracht Frankfurt. 
Uh, Adi Hooter, <laughs> when he gets somebody with some talent and they're on the rise, and he's also a great teacher, by the way, he's got somebody on the rise and he's got established talent. Adi Hooter knows what to do. Trust me. So Eintracht Frankfurt is going to make some noise there in that Bundesliga coming down the stretch with this kid from uh, from Turkey, Ali Akman. We'll see what happens. Okay, very good. Moving on. Uh, let's check the leagues now around Europe. Uh, EPL. My goodness. <laughs> Pep Guardiola is doing one unbelievable job at Man City, and he's got these guys flying high. 50 points. They lead EPL right now, first place. Man United right behind them at 45. Now, I know that you're saying, well, they're behind them by five points. That, that's, that's ridiculous. Look, Man United is trying to keep pace with these guys, but Man City, the last five games, 5-0. and oh. how, do you, how do you keep pace with that, okay? Well, you got to play harder, I guess. I don't know. But Man U's got the talent. Um, I just found out uh, Pogba is going to be out for a little while because of an injury, so that's not going to help their midfield too much. But, uh, again, uh, Old Gunner has got some talent that he can call on, and everybody's going to have to step up a little bit. That's what happens on a team when you get one of your guys who's one of your um, more prominent stars – and he goes down with an injury, then, hey, other people have got to step up and up their game uh, in order to get to that level, okay? So Man U at 45 points in Leicester City. The Foxes keep hanging around. You know why? Because Brendan Rodgers is one smart dude, okay? Brendan Rodgers has got Leicester City playing smart. And, of course, uh, uh, you know, they've got some injuries, uh, but Brendan Rodgers knows how to talk to the players. He knows how to move them around. He knows where to go with the situation, okay? So the, the Foxes are still in the top five in the EPL. They're in third place, 43 points. Uh, Liverpool, of course, right behind them at 40 points. Now, do not give up on Liverpool. Do not say, well, Liverpool's run their run. They had a good year last year. They're kind of you know, tired right now, okay? And, you know, Jurgen Klopp said they are somewhat tired right now. They're kind of a little bit worn down. But you know what? Jurgen Klopp is a class coach, okay? This guy knows how to talk to players. He knows how to get them going. He, he He's just real, real smart. So Liverpool at 40 points right now, but I see Liverpool coming back into the mix there in the top three. All right, Chelsea's right behind them at 39 points. Thomas Tuchel had a good week, his first real full week with uh, Liver, or, uh, Chelsea, 3-1-1. Uh, one one. Uh, West Ham, David Moyes right there with him, 39 points as well. And don't don't um, take your eye off West Ham because they, make a, they will make a move. Uh, trust me, David Moyes has got the talent, and, of course, he's got the brains to do it. Everton right there behind uh, West Ham at 37 points. Of course, they had that big shootout with United. Six goals. How amazing. Um, and, of course, Everton, I told you, when Carlo Ancelotti went to Everton, they were going to be in the top five, top ten, and there they are. They've been there, I think, since the season began. Okay, Tottenham, uh, 36 points with Josie. Josie says his team is a little bit tired, too. But uh, trust me, uh, when it comes down toward the end, you'll see Tottenham Hotspur right in the middle of the mix. And then Aston Villa, 35 points there at number nine. And then Arsenal with Miguel Arteta at 31. Arsenal holding on to the 10th position, but at least Miguel's got him in the top 10. I think that's great. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll he'll make some adjustments, make some changes, and uh, he'll get this team moving. But uh, hey, if you're in the top 10 of the EPL, which is one of the top leagues in the world, I think that's pretty good. So the Arsenal fans are, I know, probably are crying and screaming, you know, hey, why aren't we in second or third place or first place? Okay, you're in 10th place. Just take it and understand there's a lot of good talent above you. All right? Very good. Let's move over to Ligue 1. Dans la France, down there in France, the French League, and Lille continues to impress people uh, every week. 54 points leading the league right now. 52 points for Lyon right behind them. And then uh, 51 points for PSG. Uh, I, you know, PSG is going to be right there at the top. They'll be, they'll be there at the end. So trust me, uh, they're, they're, they're going to be right there. 
Monaco at 48. And then after these top four teams in league, uh, we have a gap. I mean a serious gap between teams. Uh, 23 points, or rather, no, 10 points, excuse me, 10 points between Monaco and Rennes. Now, Julian Stefan is doing a great job at Rennes. This guy, as I've said before, he's got a payroll that, eh, a little bit higher than peanuts, okay? Not a, not a whole lot of money to work with, but he's got this team playing really good football. And uh, I, I would expect nothing less from Julian Stefan. You know, he's a smart guy, and he was a great player. And so uh, he's got this Rennes team playing good. And then right behind him is Longs. And Longs is a team you don't usually hear from in the top 10 of Ligo, and they're right there too. And that's Frank Heise. And Frank Heise is, woo, man, this guy is also smart. So uh, two, two, a couple of good guys here with some good teams up there in that middle of that top 10 in the French League. Then Metz is right behind Longs at 35 points, Angers at 34, uh, Marseille at 33, and Bordeaux at 32, rounding out the top 10. Um, a good four-team race there in the French League. Looking over at the Bundesliga in Germany, we got Bayern Munich, of course, in 48 points in first place, then Leipzig in second at 41, Wolfsburg 38, Eintracht Frankfurt, as I said, are having a great uh, week, um, 36 points uh, in fourth place, and then right behind them is Leverkusen. Bayern Leverkusen has been right on everybody's heels since the season began. They're at 36 points. Um, Dortmund, 32. Mönchengladbach, 32. Freiburg at 30. Union Berlin at 29. And Stuttgart at 25. Now, you heard Union Berlin uh, at 29 points there in ninth place. You're probably wondering where Hertha Berlin is. Well, they're having their problems. And Hertha Berlin right now finds himself at 17 points and teetering Yes, teetering on the uh, fence of relegation. Not good. This is a storied franchise, as I've said before. This is a franchise that needs to be up in the top 10 or just below the top 10 in the middle of the table for the Bundesliga, if not higher. Um, They're having their problems with getting goals. They've got some injuries. And right now they are tied with the the team at the top of the uh, relegation uh, group. Okay, so 17 points for Hertha Berlin. They need to get three or four good wins under their uh, belts here in the next uh, month or so and get themselves a little bit farther up the table. La Liga, down there in Spain, Atletico Madrid, 50 points. Diogo Simeon is doing an amazing job at that uh, place. Barcelona, 43 points. Now, there's seven points separating those two teams, but each team went 5-0 and this past uh, five games. So that's, you know, the competition is heating up in La Liga, and the teams are starting to separate, and the the, the real cream is rising to the top. Uh, Real Madrid at 43 points tied with Barcelona. They went 3-1-1 for the week. Uh, You know there's still a line down the middle of Madrid somewhere separating the Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid fans, and uh, it's going to get uh, a little bit um, more dicey as the, as the season moves on toward the end, okay? So we'll keep an eye on that one for sure. Sevilla, right there. Sevilla has been right there in the top five since the season began. 42 points. Great job for Sevilla. Then Villarreal with Unai Emery. Boy, this guy has got this team playing some great football there in La Liga. This is a team that nobody can take lightly, okay? Nobody. Villarreal went one win, no losses, and four ties in the last five games. I mean, that's not bad, folks. As long as you keep those uh, defeats, you know, down to a minimum, you know, you're, you're doing your job, okay? So 1-0 and 4 for Villarreal, they're 36 points. Then Real Sociedad at 35. Real Betis, what did I tell you about them at the beginning of the season? Uh-huh, I'm not going to repeat myself, I don't like to, but Manuel Pellegrini is doing a great job at Real Betis. 
He's got this team in the top 10. That's right. Yeah, 30 points. Diego Martinez, look what he's done with Granada. Oh, my word. Granada used to be way down on the table. But guess what? Uh, Granada is coming around, and Diego Martinez doing a great job there. He's got them at 30 points. Levante has moved into ninth position in La Liga. Levante, of all teams. They were 2-0-3 this past week, undefeated. Yep, 2-0-3. Paco Lopez. <laughs> remember Paco playing back in the – I remember Paco playing back in the late 80s. little short guy used to run around. I mean, this guy was all energy, okay? And I'm sure this team is probably the same uh, way you look – You know, it's probably a carbon copy of the way he thinks, okay? So Paco Lopez got Levante going at 2-0-3 uh, for the past five games, 27 points, and then Atletico Bilbao from the uh, – from the Basque country at 25 points in the number 10 position in La Liga. Serie A, AC Milan, and Inter Milan continue to go at it. I wouldn't want to be in that city right now because I'm sure that line is getting thicker uh, going down the middle of the city. I, I can only imagine that there is some real uh, <clears throat> nasty looks going on right now. And, uh, of course, Valentine's Day will mean absolutely nothing between the two groups of fans from these teams. Uh, AC Milan at 49, then Inter at 47. Juventus five points behind at 42, then Roma at 40. And Lazio at 40. Now, <clears throat> speaking of Valentine's Day and rivalries, uh, Roma and Lazio at 40 points apiece right now in the standings. Hmm. How long will that last? Okay. You talk about a city divided. Woo. I tell you what, if those two teams stay neck and neck like this down toward the end, it's going to get real interesting in a hurry. Okay. Uh, there will be no love lost around the Trevi Fountain. Trust me. Okay, Napoli, 37. Atalanta, 37 points. Sassuolo at 31. Verona at 30. Verona continues to stay in the top 10 of Serie A. And then Sampdoria at the 10th position with 27 points. Now, I saved the Mexican League for last because we've got some stuff going on there I want to talk about. Um, they're changing uh, the leaders again. And uh, Toluca with Hernan Cristante is up there at top in the uh, first position there in the Mexican League. Then Javier Aguirre, imagine that, one of the best players that Mexico probably ever saw. He leads the Monterrey Rayados right now. And so both those teams are tied at 10 points. But hey, wait a minute, hold on. America is right behind them at 10 points, okay? So you got a three-way tie for 10 points there at the top of the Mexican League. Then Cruz Azul, Santos Laguna, Tijuana, and Carretero all at nine points. Then Tigres, Mazatlan, and Pumas. Uh, Tigres and Mazatlan are at seven. Then Pumas is in number 10 with five points. Now, we talked to you about Tigres going to the final uh, they're going to be a one-tired group of uh, players when they come back from Qatar, uh, depending on what happens on Thursday. So um, I'm sure Ferretti's going to have them, you know, mandatory sleeping on the plane because that's about a, what, 14-hour flight from Doha to Mexico City? It's got to be. Or no, to Mount to Monterey. So um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going to be tired. So uh, Tigres, though, holding them in the top 10, seven points. And as they get their feet back under them and the season progresses, Tigres will move up the table. I'm, I'm sure that we could have an interesting situation with Monterrey and Tigres and uh, maybe America and uh, Cruz Azul uh, right there in the top of the Mexican League. And then, of course, you'd have two city rivalries right there. Unbelievable. Uh, looking at the stuff coming up uh, this week uh, across uh, Europe and the world in uh, soccer, on Tuesday, Juventus and Inter Milan play. Now, this is Copa Italia action. It's going to be on ESPN Plus if you can get it. 2.45 Eastern time. Then on Wednesday, Sevilla and Barcelona are going to play in the Copa del Rey. That's going to be the ESPN Plus as well, 3 o'clock. Then on Thursday, Club World Cup action. Uh, Fox Sports 2 at 10 a.m. Eastern. And then the Fox Network at 1 p.m. Eastern for the championship. That will be Tigres. Again, Thursday, Club World Cup. 
Then on Saturday, Man City and Tottenham are going to play on NBC Universal at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That'll do it for Kicks and Dribbles. Thanks so much for tuning in. Merci beaucoup. Uh, muchas gracias. Muito obrigado. And muito gracias. Um, I'm Dan McClay, and Lauren McClay, of course, is our technical producer. Uh, John Dang handles our sound. DC McClay is in our ideas department. We enjoy being with you every week. Thank you very much for tuning in. And please, don't let your life have too many yellow cards.